This is CliffCentral.com. She's away. I'm up all night. And nothing really matters. Keeping it real. On CliffCentral.com. The worst song ever to be played out on radio was whatever the junk that was. But I think Flapping it's a, I think it's a running joke here. No, so, no, so no. So they no, always no. launch us with these weird songs. That like. damn producer Duncan <laughs> gave us the crappest song ever to start our show. And then Good he morning. left. And then he left. And then he, he left, left the scene of the crime shame, and laughed in shame. <laughs> What is Gareth at that bell? Shame bell. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you to Gareth and the team back again tomorrow morning. Hello, San Monan Nonge. Welcome to the show. Yes. yes. Pinjam. Yo, we've got something coming. Talk to me. So, you know, on Sunday, I went to this literary festival for people who can read. I wasn't included in that. But uh went to that festival and there was a discussion on race. And it was really interesting to see the, the panel lined up, a whole bunch of white people, black people, and the token Indian, which was excellent. And they were talking a little bit about um, what black people want from white people. And no one could answer. So I put that out onto Twitter just as a, a joke on a Sunday afternoon. And holy mother of Lord, I got absolutely lambasted from white Twitter, which was unbelievable. And no one, thank you very much, Rory, no one came to my rescue. No, no. Ah, no. Rory. I was going to plead the fifth on this one, but let's, let's, let's take it back. I am not on Twitter most of the time. Um, I don't live there. So, now so this what is happens? Your excuse, eh? What happens on a Sunday afternoon when I'm trying to enjoy the pleasures <laughs> of just chilling on a Friday evening, just relaxing? I get this frantic SMS. Dude, frantic I dude, I getting... need help. I need help. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting killed by all these damn, these, 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 uh, these, these incredible uh, white, uh, white Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. So, so there I am being pulled into a white war. As it were, and 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 I did. I I I I tried. I tried covering for you. I, I took a lot of fire for it. Uh, I was told that I should step out of uh, intellectual conversations because I can't, I just can't. Because you're not an intellect. Yeah, I'm not. Obvious. I just can't manage. Obvious. You know, I was I was told a whole lot of things for you. All right. So on the show today, uh, we've got one hour of what. Black people want from white people in South Africa. Uh, fascinating discussion. You can hit us up on WeChat as well as Twitter at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y. We want to hear from you. Have you given it some thoughts as a black person? Are you scared as a white person to hear what, uh, what will happen? Listen, we're also not trying to play both sides here. You know, a lot of people have been giving me flack over Twitter saying, oh, how can you just ask for what black people want and not what white people want? And that's not the show. The show is simply just for what black people want from white people. Yeah. Simple. Done. Yeah. And, and, and we'll build it out into series. Maybe the next one is going to be what do white people want? Mm. Or, you know, on, on, on social media, we got a lot of uh, black people responding and saying, hey, um, I don't maybe that's not the show you guys should have. You should rather have a show with white people and ask, what are you guys willing to give up uh, for us to be able to move on uh, from from this thing of apartheid? So many beautiful, complex issues. We've got uh, a number of guests uh, throughout the, the show. Uh, Shaka Zizulu will be joining us as well as Andile. And how do I pronounce? Ntritama. Ntritama, yeah. Oh, that's a click. Ntritama. Ntritama. Nah, you're just taking the mickey out of 
chiefest. Okay, so we've got him. Yeah. <laughs> we've got Andile on the, on the show as well. And of course, we want your opinions. Have you thought about it? What do you want? 0861555189. We want to hear from both black and white people. What do you, what do black people want from white people? Raw, let's get into this. Um, you as a black person, have you thought about it? It's it's very interesting. Until we started having our conversations prior to the show, I actually realized that I never actually sat down and said, okay, in practical terms, what do we want from, from white people? So we speak about land and so on, but in practical, so what does that mean? Does that mean, Andrew, I want the, the keys to your house? Does, is that what it means? Or does it mean something deeper than that? Is it, I just want Andrew to, to realize what he's done because I feel that he's just not getting it. Okay, so before we, we put a long list together of what we what we should have, why have you never thought of it, Raw? I'm wondering whether, you know, having reflecting on the show. And I'm of course, you're not I'm wondering speaking whether, for the whole of black people. I'm talk, you're talking about you, yeah. right? I'm wondering whether it's because we've never, I mean, do you ever imagine us getting to the point where white people say, all right, guys, all right, all right, we get it. We screwed up. Uh, things are not okay yet. And we, 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 are, we are to blame for most of it. Uh, let's have a conversation and tell us what you want. I think you just never expect to get to that point in this conversation. We're still having the conversation about, yeah, but you know, I wasn't there and so on. We're still having that conversation. So this conversation doesn't even feature. And I suppose the, the fear as a white person is what, what do black people want? Like, you know, like there's always this, this undercurrent of anger. Mm. And then if you actually ask people what they want, like there's a fear, I suppose, why people are like, well, what are they going to want from me? Mm. My house, my money, my car. What's enough? When is enough? How, how, how does it make you feel? So this question, how does it make you feel as a white, as a white person? <sighs> so I can't speak on behalf of all white people, but I, I'm actually quite interested to hear because I'm not scared of what the answer might be. Uh, I would love to hear honesty, though, you know, because we, we spoke to Mzwandile Mani mm. uh, last week, and and he was telling me how white people, they should go overseas with our amazing South African concepts and do amazing things there. To create space for black people here. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what he was trying to say is he wants white people out of the country, but in a ah, really nice way. In a really he nice way. He didn't say way. that. So I'm just wondering, is that the case? Do black people want white people to leave for a little while? And will that, will that be the end of and it? And will that change? Yeah. Things? So, so when, when, when the last white person, uh, gets on that plane and we see it and we say goodbye, then are, we, what? are we all gonna be like, right, guys? <laughs> they're gone. Now we, now we, now this is all ours. You know what? Or, or do we look at the Zulus and say, yeah, now that they're gone, let's let's not go back. <laughs> oh, why you gonna let's go, go the back? Zulus, yeah. No, all the Kosas, all the Sutus, all the vendors. You know, so so ultimately, ultimately, is it that the the, the voice is it that that the voices of, of 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 black people are actually crying out for for. Something restitution of some sort, and it just so happens that the enemy right now looks white, but ultimately it's a human fact. We're looking for somebody that that will take responsibility, you know. And I think part of it, Andrew, we spoke about earlier in the week about sibling, you know, the sibling fights. You fight with your brother, you fight with your sister, mm. get very upset, and then your sister disarms you. She comes to you and she says, "Andrew, I'm sorry," <laughs> just like that. Mm. 
but you're not yet ready. You're not yet ready to to just to let it, it go. Mm. Yeah, right. So 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 then what? What do you do? You you want to see her actually suffer a little bit. Right? Well, this is the interesting thing, Roy. We saw Naspers um, say sorry for all the atrocities <laughs> in apartheid. Me, that, How that make you feel? I uh, know me. So here's the thing. For me, uh, for me, this thing of People coming out and saying we apologize for a hundred years of atrocities. Okay, I hear you. Great apology. Now, what are you going to do about it? What is it that you're going to show me? Uh, or what are you willing to sacrifice to demonstrate how sorry you are? Because, you know, an apology is an apology. We can speak until the cows come home. You know, apologies don't keep candles lit. So mm. for me, it's, it's about taking it a step further. All right, uh, we, we've got a whole bunch of people on WeChat, on Twitter, talking to us. Uh, Peter, we see you. Uh, Kasim, we see you. Uh, we'll get to some of those comments. Please uh, let us know your thoughts. What questions do you have? Uh, what do you want as a black person from white people in South Africa? And white people, what questions do you have for black people? I think it's as simple as that. On the line, uh, is he in Joburg? Or where is no, he? he's traveling. Let he's him traveling. tell us. Okay. Andile uh, is on the line. Uh, Andile, you've been very vocal in the past about this. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning and good morning to listeners. Thank you so much. So what do black people want from white people? <laughs> uh, I think it's a bit of an unfortunate question, quite frankly. Uh, we don't necessarily want anything from white people. In fact, my own attitude is to say uh, white people should do two things if they can. One is to do nothing. Two is to accept that after 350 years and 20 years of democracy, nothing has changed for black people, and therefore, if they're serious, they need to form organizations, campaigns, and so on amongst themselves to basically address the historical injustices their forefathers have created. So they would say, we are white people who demand that land must be redistributed back to black people without black people paying a cent. They will say, the white people who are forming an organization against racism and allow black people to tell them what racism is because they will not know because they're beneficiaries of racism. So in some ways, I think that the burden of change does not lie in, with white people. So those things I've just mentioned, I think that they can do or not do. The burden of change, the burden of transformation is a burden of black people because we're a black majority and we're victims of a system which was imposed by white people here. So quite frankly, I'm not interested in wasting too much time about what white people should do. I'm interested in what we're going to do, and they must stay out of the way to make sure that we change things here. Has the ANC government um, not 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 been trying to to get things done, and have white people then not 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 gotten out of the way and allowed the ANC government to to do what needs to be done, Andile? Yeah, that is a big problem. The ANC government is trapped by white thinking. You see. Because of their ideas that, oh, like that Freedom Chatter thing of theirs, oh, South Africa belong to all who live in it, both black and white, since 1965. They have not demanded anything from white people from the point of view of an agenda of liberation, which, from those of us who come from black consciousness, is a very easy thing. This land belongs to black people, and it must be returned to black people. And white people will stay here under conditions dictated to by the black majority. But the ANC hasn't done that in the past 20 years. In fact, the ANC, again, because it listens to white thinking, has in the past 20 years served white interests. So now we're arguing we need a different project which will put black people first. And when we do that, we just want white people to stay out of the way. But we know they're not going to do so. 
They've not done so in Zimbabwe. They not do so under colonialism. We have to take arms as black people, as Africans, to liberate ourselves. 20 years down the line in South Africa, white people have not contributed anything. And my argument is, if they could not give Mandela anything, they did not vote for the ANC when Mandela was there. They did not say, Mandela, you're a great man. You said things uh, must not change. We'll donate this big piece of land we have. We'll give half of our wealth, which we don't need, to black people. If they've not done anything under Nelson Mandela's rule, you can't expect them to do that on anybody's rule. And I think it's also unfair for us to expect transformation to be driven by white people. Like in the universities, in industry, everywhere, white people are beneficiaries of racism. They think it is normal. They believe their position of privilege is out of meritocracy. In other words, they believe they work hard for themselves to be in the position they occupy today. That we live in township in squatter camps where landless black people, they believe it because we are lazy. The fact that they live in uh, suburbs, they've got good schools, healthcare, they've got wealth, they believe it's out of hard work. So you can't go ask these people with such blind spot on the historical question that put them where they are at our expense to drive transformation. That's why I say it is our agenda to transform. I'm just going to stop you there just to bring everyone in. We're talking about what black people want from white people in South Africa. Andile Tama is on the line. Uh, someone has just joined us in studio. <clears throat> Gareth, you you cannot sit still on this. I know. Which uh, no, I just wanted to say it's nice to hear Andile's voice again. I, I, I love I love his anger. And I love the fact that what you say is sensible too. Uh, and, and Andile, where are you at the moment? What's happening with you in the EFF? No, <laughs> no, I am... Um, Yes, is far away from my life. <laughs> I know, but you I, know, I, I was very, I was actually really concerned for your safety when all of that uh, stuff was going down in Parliament, because I like the fact that you're a voice that's completely independent, and I don't think a lot of people appreciate that. I don't think a lot of people get that you are not beholden to anybody, and I think the EFF thought that they could own you for a little while, and and you've proven that you aren't. But where can we where can we still catch up with you? Because I think a lot of people want to hear more of what you have to say. Yeah, you're going to hear more. We're working on a new project. Uh, for now, we're guided by two principles, mm-hmm. Black First and Land First. Mm-hmm. And some of these things I've just said, uh, and, and thanks, Gareth, for, for you know, uh, having me in your thoughts. You know I called you racist, you know? I know. I know you've called me, you've, you've called me way worse than that. But I'll, I'll tell you what, if you, if you, if you ever think about uh, doing, a, doing a show and coming to join us, I'll make a space for you. You know that. No, yes, we should. There's a lot to talk about. Um, and this new project is something that we're moving away from the, the things we try to do in EFS, but they're not, not possible to do there. So we still think that we need to set a black agenda for mm-hmm. this country. And uh, people who have a bit of sense, white people, including racists like you, <laughs> would understand uh, that you can make a contribution. It does not have to be leading us or being part of us. You guys must talk as white people. You know, Gareth, it's shocking that you, white people in this country, have not paused and said, we are beneficiaries of colonialism, of genocide, of apartheid. We as white people, without talking to black people at all, what is our agenda to contribute to our change? This is what you should be doing, not talking to us. We are victims of a process that benefited you. I'm talking to white people, and I I want them to get get over the, 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 the blind spots that they have. But I, I do hear you, and I'm going to get out of the way now and let you – you said get out of the way, so I'm going to get out of the way and let you carry on with your transformation. Well, I, I just want to ask you, Andila, you've called Gareth a racist, right? <laughs> do you want Gareth to leave the country and get out of everything – get out of our hair as, as South Africans? Do you want Gareth to leave? Is that what you want to do? 
Yeah, that question is also a kind of a white male question, you know. It's yeah, a little Andrew, bit like saying... You fucking yeah, white like, male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no one is saying that white people should, should leave. I mean, uh, but there are some, some black people who I think legitimately are, ang- are angry about this and would say that. Personally, I think white people are a minority in this country. They can continue to live here under conditions that we as black people set. Like you go to China. I say I would decide to go to live in China. I live under their conditions. What are those conditions, Andile? What are those conditions? In fact, my, the conditions here is simply that they will have to return all this stolen property. They will have to accept that this uh, genocide that has happened here, there must be reparations paid to black people, in particular the Khoisan. They will have to accept that they can't have all these privileges as black people are uh, so disadvantaged. Do you know that more than half of black people live below the poverty line. And we know why that is. The structural question created by the historical circumstances. It would be very nice, really, if black people were to set an agenda. The truth is that we have not set that agenda. The ANC has not set that agenda. But we have to set it and say, land first. And it would be so nice to hear people like Gareth saying, white people return land to black people. Don't demand money. It's stolen property. But I don't expect it. But we will do it as black people. <coughs> Andy, you, you call uh, Gareth, Gareth a, a racist. It is what one of the things that black people want is, is for these racist attitudes to, to, to change? And, you know, how, how, how does one go about rehabilitating oneself as a white person from this racist attitude, as, as you call it? You know, the, the, the one of the things I'm thinking about now is that we need in South Africa an anti-racism education for everybody, including uh, white people, in particular for, for white people. But the problem is white people think I expect. So when you say white people, you have to learn what racism is because you don't know it, despite the fact that it benefits you. They think it means that they must come teach black people about racism, right? <laughs> um, they, call them, <laughs> they call them black spurts. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, this is the function of white racism. So, so the question that says, do you want white people to end racism? It's a little bit like saying, do you want somebody to stop beating you up who's been beating you? Of course, naturally, <laughs> we don't want racism, but let's just correct something also. White people are not racist just as individuals who are bad people. Their problem is structural. Mm. So I don't have a problem with individual white people, but I know their racism comes from the structure of whiteness, right? So which allows them to be racist. If you remove the structure of power, white power, which comes with economic power, which comes with them holding land, owning the GSD and everything else, white people become very nice people because they will not have that power. Go to Zimbabwe today, you will see. Those white people who stayed there after land, the land redistribution are very nice white people. Let me ask you something, Andile. When we talk about this land thing, because I'm, I'm fascinated by this land thing. Are you saying, because a lot of people I speak to, they're like, yeah, we want, we want land. We want, you know, farmland. I'm like, what are you going to do with a farm? Like, I mean, what are you, Andile, going to do with the farm? Is that going to help you in any way? Or is it about saying you actually want land, I want land in, in, in Santon? I mean, what is it that exactly, when we talk about land, what, what land, are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. The demand for land is basically a totality of our demand for decolonization of South Africa, right? I personally don't want land. I don't want to farm. I grew up, I was raised and grew up on a farm. I have no interest whatsoever in in, in the farm, as, as, as in that sense. Okay. But the demand for land in itself is the demand that go back to history, 1652, and say something terrible has happened here. White people arrived here and took our land and made us 
their slaves because now as black people we work to live, right? So let us go back there and and return the land, return the economy because land is not just the agricultural land; it's even real estate. You know, we have to come back even to that to say at every instance of the economic life on this country. What is that that white people have gained and which must be returned and shared with black people? So land is said, is the, I would argue, is the ultimate demand, but it is a demand that incorporates every other aspect of life in South Africa, and in particular that which I express in economic terms. Okay. So it is not, I just don't want, I also, you know what, let me just quickly say, mm. we are saying in the middle class, for instance, one of the things about land directly is that people who buy bonds, you know, who have bonds, mortgages, right, housing bonds, if you remove the price of, a, of, of, of land on that mortgage, you'll, you'll find it could have it. So even the middle classes across race, if you like, they could all benefit. Let me just say another thing interesting. Why do people like Gareth Cliff there, Gareth Cliff and other white people, particularly those of working class, like, uh, what is this organization, Afroforum? They don't own land, those people. They are poor. Why are they against land redistribution? <laughs> I mean, this is racism because if you think about it, only 35,000 white families and trusts own 80% of South African land. So the majority and millions of white people in this country have nothing to do with land in that, in that sense. They should be supporting the call for land redistribution, but they won't because they have emotional attachment to other white people who own land because of racism. But Andile, on that very point, that's very interesting because we, we wanted to find out, when you say land, are you saying that uh, Andrew that's sitting next to me here must give up his house uh, and give it to me? Or, or are you just talking about farmland? What exactly? Because it's, it, we, we I'm speak... sure Andrew's house is not particularly beautiful. To start <laughs> <with>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yo, Let him have... <laughs> But no, the, the white people, uh, nobody, you know, people I don't know. We are not interested in revenge. We are not interested in seeing white people suffering. I don't know. Some people might, but as a black radical, I'm not interested in that. What we are interested in, we don't want to see white people landless and homeless. We're not trying to turn the system of oppression around. No, we believe everybody, everybody can have a house and can have a decent life. The problem is the hogging of these by a white minority. So no, I'm not interested in taking a, a house of, of, of a white guy. We'll design better houses, I believe, in fact, so, so, for ourselves. So, so in practical terms, then, what would this look like? So, so we take the land, and then who does it go to? How how are we seeing this? And and once that land is taken, can we then say? Right, can we paid, say, yeah, yeah, are white people now cleansed, and then we move on from apartheid? I think. The land return will change white people, well, at least one aspect, in a major way, because this question will be resolved. You know, we'll not be talking about land. We'll have to talk about property distribution. Of course, there will be quite other questions, but at least this question, in my view, once it's resolved, it seems to me, at a, at a psychological level as well, will then create the possibility for us to imagine a, a common future, right? Not right now, we can't do that. So the land question is important in that instance. But you asked the question. So who gets the land? It, it is a very easy, simple question, really. Just like, you know, you apply for a grant if you, you want the state to assist you. It would be as simple as that. You fill a little form. I, the Mutama, I need land this for this and that and that, and be assisted. And I live in this area. I will be assisted then to get into that land process. And like anywhere on earth, if I were to choose to be a farmer, the state must assist me. People don't know that 
in the World Trade Organization, you know, if you look at the disagreements between the Euro- Europe and America, the U.S., it is always on subsidies on agriculture. Every serious nation on earth subsidizes agriculture and protects its agricultural economy. It's only here where we allow the flooding of agricultural goods from outside and destroying the local um, agricultural economy. So you have to assist people, particularly those who want to learn, want to farm. But you can also do many other things, including uh, assisting people with housing and then so on, on, on land. Okay, so land is, land is big on your agenda, and you said you're starting a, a movement uh, specifically around this. Uh, we're talking to Andile Mkitama about what black people want from white people. Join in the conversation on WeChat, uh, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y or at Rory Shabalala. Um, Andile, just uh, what else? What else is there? I mean, it can't just be about physical things. It must be about a mental thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... It is actually quite a, a, about a lot about the mind. The the impact of colonialism and apartheid uh, has destroyed the minds of both black people and white people because it has created these complexes. On the one hand, this white superiority complex, and on the other hand, this inferiority complex of black people. You know some of the crazy things black people do, such as maybe buying a watch of three hundred fifty thousand. You know, you know, living in a house which many many rooms when you just you need one, or driving a very large shiny car. You know, these things are part of the psychological impact on our mind. We're trying to be white without ending the white system. As a result, we we, we are we are we are sick people. We would, for instance, I was in Parliament yesterday. I said some things in the portfolio committee talking about land again. The things that I said were, were more or less rejected or ridiculed by our black brothers and sisters. I'm told that a white guy came there and repeated exactly the same things that I was saying. And he was, in fact, uh, received much, much more warmly because white people are experts, you see. They have the knowledge. Black people are never seen in that, uh, in that light because of racism. Racism has made sure that we undermine ourselves. We have no confidence in ourselves. We believe white people, even stupid white people, generally in South Africa, white people are highly uneducated. They don't know what they're talking about. But if a white guy says something, then, you know, we think, oh, it makes sense and it's acceptable or it is, it is the truth. But that is the part of the mental process. It is part of how we have to change things in the mind. But of course, it is not just a mental process. The change that must happen also physically in society, in the economy, will assist the mental process of getting out of this sense of inferiority complex. But, but Andile, um, you said earlier that you, we don't want to see white people suffering uh, and so on. Um, when, when, when you've got uh, somebody who's sitting in Dipslut, for example, uh, who reads in the papers that uh, land has been redistributed and so on, uh, but he still has to go and walk those kilometers into into Santon to to try and look for work. Uh, do you feel that he will feel like you know what we can now move on? Uh, you know, my, my material conditions haven't changed. Uh, what's changed is that, uh, somewhere where I am not even, where I can't see, land has, has changed hands. Uh, but my material conditions haven't changed, and the material conditions of the person I'm going to work for have not changed. Do you feel that, uh, that black person will say, you know what, yeah, no, we can now move on? No, it can, but, but let's correct something. Mm. Our demand for change as black people, it's not dependent on oppressing anyone or, or, or creating 
suffering for, for white people. Let's just get that straight. And I don't think there is a, a correlation between uh, the uh, black liberation and white oppression. There isn't. But, of course, there is a correlation between maintaining white uh, 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 racism, white privilege, and the exclusion and oppression of black people. There is a direct link there. Suntem and Alexander Township have a direct relationship Something is impossible if you think about it carefully without the uh, squalor and, and, and suffering that is happening in Alexander. But the, the, the inverse is not necessarily true. So, yes, the, this land is about rural people. They're far away from the city. Then, of course, the, the millions that live in Soweto will not uh, uh, have a relationship with that. But if you think a little bit carefully about the fact that even the people in Soweto, they can have direct benefits from land. I've lived in Soweto. I know people in Soweto need a bit of land. They need a bit of more room. I also know in the outskirts of Soweto, in the south of Johannesburg, there's massive pieces of land which are lying fallow, and government should have done something about that. Already young people should be in colleges of agriculture just a step out of Soweto, using that land to feed Soweto, entering into agro-processing. It's a whole scientific, complicated, exciting world of agriculture that does a number of things, but also new forms of uh, developing uh, housing, uh, living livable housing situations. Have you seen an RDP house? It is violence itself, the house, where it is built, how it is built, and how it does not uh, contribute towards the well-being of a people. New ways of, of, of being which would uh, go beyond the apartheid, a spatial design, build new settlements which are self-sufficient in many ways, but also can feed themselves. This is possible. So the people of Soweto themselves will benefit directly, in my view, if we redistribute this land. Uh, Andy, the last question uh, before we let you go. Um, this has been quite an, an interesting engagement and uh, we look forward to many more. Um, <clears throat> for the working class white person who, who as you said, is, is poor, uh, you know, he has one house, he has one car, you know, doesn't have anything. In summary, based on the conversation that we, we've just had, what does the average black person want from that one? So the one who doesn't have land, the one who doesn't, uh, all he has is his house, his family, to that guy, to Andrew sitting next to me. What do you, what does the black person want? <laughs> It's interesting. The, the yeah, Angela, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? <laughs> no, it's interesting. The white working class has got one car, one house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was about to say, it's, it's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite relative there, bro. That's like super rich, you know, according to yeah. the rest of South Africa. That's quite, yeah. that's quite relative. <laughs> But, no. but it is a good point, and you know, there's a lot of um, uh, white people that are saying, no, we didn't benefit from apartheid, you know, in inverted commas. Um, we're still working a dead-end job. We're in corporate. We earn, I don't know, 10,000 rand a month. And now we, there are no more opportunities because BE is coming, blah, 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 blah. What, yeah, do, what no, are you but, saying to that yeah, guy? In fact, it's a myth of white poverty. It's a, it's a myth, this idea of white poverty, because we don't in South Africa. Only about 5% of the working people, white working people, are unemployed. And, and if you look at white, uh, black people, we're talking in excess of 45, uh, uh, 45% unemployed, unemployment. And, in, and, and in, in, on average, a white household earns six times more than a black household in South Africa. So we must not, uh, in this conversation, you know, exaggerate the unfortunate situations of white people because it's generally a myth. And I know some black people say, oh, well, if you're poor and you're white, tough. You have, your apartheid project, the colonial project served you well, 
you would not take advantage of those opportunities, you can turn around and tell us that you're poor. But that is not my argument. I will not argue that. And, and as I say, you know, for these kinds of uh, poor white people, by the way, sometimes they're the most racist because they're closest to us in terms of their economic conditions. So they're distancing themselves by being so racist. <laughs> I say funny, again, man. I, I, yeah, of course. I mean, I say again there, let's not center the concerns of white people. In South Africa, we're a black majority. We as black people, we set the agenda of what it means to be free, and we pursue that agenda very aggressively. The white poor racist will be dragged, screaming and kicking into the new dispensation. It is not what they want or what they wish. It's what we as a black majority want, and they must not stand in the way. But if they try, we just have to help them alone through the sheer numbers that we have on our side. Help them along onto the ships, Andile. Well, we're not going to along into uh, enlightenment, new life, and the equality where they can respect themselves and respect black people. But as I say, that is not their burden. The burden of change in this country is our burden as black people. We are the owners of this country, and we have to really get it into our heads that we must stand for black first, black people first. And in this way, we can serve everyone else, and then we must get it in our heads. This land belongs to us, and that's why we must say black land first. Thank you very much, Andile. This has been most engaging. You know, we need you in studio. So when you when you are done being a jet setter, please uh, come by, uh, and uh, we'll get Gareth in here, and you can tell him to his face uh, what you think of him. No, yeah, I like I like Gareth. You know, he's a smart guy, and uh, we'll have to help him along to <laughs> maybe uh, make sure that he makes uh, this contribution. I really think we can do things together, not together as in one place. You people, white people, as you call us. Form your own organization and formations that deals with racism and historical injustice. And we, on the other hand, will do our own thing as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much, uh, Andy Lemkitama, uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, fascinating, Andrew. Yeah, it feels like the, there's two things that have come out of that. White people get out of the way and land is really still important. Now, the interesting thing is who owns the land? Because a lot of the land is still owned by government, actually. Um, I think that in the Land Redistribution Act, 70% of South Africa's land is owned by government in some way or form. Mm. So I, is, I, is government wonder, doing enough there? I think Andy Le didn't, <clears throat> um, didn't go far enough. You know, this thing of... He scared that know, guy. No, he's not, he's not the scared type. So it, it's actually <laughs> surprising, right? And, and I'd like to ask, I'd like to ask our next guest, um, you know, what, what else do we want? Because to say to white people, just get out the way. Uh, we saw Kesa Khwale on, on, on Twitter saying, yes, sir. all we want from you is to know your place. Full stop. <laughs> and, then, and then she didn't tell me what my place was. <laughs> well, I, was I, asked, I asked, I said, uh, you know, you can't just leave us hanging. Uh, tell us more. What does that mean? And she said, this is not Facebook when uh, no need for elaboration. <laughs> so, 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 so it's interesting. I'd like us to unpack this thing. What does it mean for white people? To get out of the way and, and just let us do what needs to happen as the black majority. Well, um, Samantha Weiss wrote a, a really interesting article uh, a couple of years ago about saying that white people need to just be quiet. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, and, and a lot of flack came back from that, from black and white. Mm. Uh, just, just, there's tons of people talking to us on Twitter and on WeChat. So thank you so much for, for your discussions and keep them coming. Uh, Peter de Villiers has been quite vocal saying, so what is my place? Uh, now, what do you want? So he, he wanted Andile to commit to a proper answer. Hopefully we can get that from our next guest, Shaga Zizulu. Uh, Shaga, good morning to you.
Shaga, good morning. Why Shaka? Hey, Shaka. <coughs> All right, we'll find out. But I mean, uh, tons of article uh, discussions coming through. Jeez, articles. I can't even mince my words here. Discussions coming through on Twitter. It seems like people are saying that wasn't far enough. There wasn't a good yeah. enough answer. So, so you know, as as we're speaking, I'm I'm seeing a number of dif- of dimensions of of things that black people want, and and based on what Andile has said, uh, on the first level is a behavioral a behavioral want. Um, I think black people want uh, a change in behavior, a change in the way that you, you, you behave towards black people, change in the way that you behave towards black issues. That's what I thought I heard Andile saying. So, so we need a behavioral change. Uh, on the other hand, we need an economic change. And it sounded like Andile said it's, that's got nothing to do with you. Uh, just get out of the way while we make that happen because we are the black majority, so we should just make it happen. Um, but can we get out the way because – Supposedly, white owns most of the economy anyway. So, in some way or no, form, they're going to engage. Saying, no, what he's saying is that look, black majority, we should effectively be making the laws that allow us to do what needs to be done to make sure that this thing is done. But and what we don't needs need, to be done? And we don't need it's it's, it's the redistribution. Take it. So, so okay. So we, we we discuss something and, and you try to bring it in and and Dila didn't answer it well. But uh, this idea of saying, you know, like I give you my house. And then, and then what happens? Um, you know, like I give my house, my little apartment, which Andile was right. It's nothing special, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I give it to you, Rory. And then I say, take it. Here it is. Done. And then what? Am I now, am I cool? In my eyes, yes. But <laughs> with everybody not, else, you benefited one black guy. With, with everybody you know else, I mean? you're on your own. But uh, <laughs> I think, I think let's get, I think let's get Shaga in on this. It, it, it's important. All right. Shaga, you there now? Yeah. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on this uh, morning, very What's interesting up? discussion. What uh, black people want from white people in South Africa. Um, Shaga, is it good enough for me just to give my house over to Rory? And then um, am I atoned for all my sins and my family's sins? Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I mean, first and foremost, it's, um, it's always very difficult for one to speak on behalf of many. <clears throat> you know, even though we're all joined by, um, like, pigmentation. I can say, if you, I saw you give your house away to Rory, all I would think is that you guys are probably shagging each other. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh, Shaga, so early but in the morning, you started a, your rubbish no, already. Eh? No, no, really. So, but, but the thing is, here's what I know I want from from white people, and it resonates with many other black people I've spoken to. I want that white people actually own own uh, the history of this country mm. and own their part in what has happened and what has transpired. Okay, you know? this, that's great. It, it, How? It, it's not... Um, well, I don't know. You know, you know when you, you have your chick and you, you've messed up, you've gone out the night before, you come back at 8 in the morning, Right, and now it's time for atonement. Right, the, you 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 have to own the fact that this thing uh, that you did, the other person didn't enjoy, they didn't like it, you wronged them. So now, how do you make it up to them? And in owning that, you also have to accept that they are under no obligation to forgive you, mm. and that the forgiveness cannot happen in your preferred timeline. Mm. You know, so if I mess up with my woman, right? 
and I want you to forgive me. I have to go and like work for that forgiveness. All right. Um, and I can't then say, oh, come on, man, it's been two days. Why, why aren't you over it? Well, you did that thing also. You did the other thing last week. No, that's not it. That's not. Uh, so that's what I, I think uh, uh, I want, that that when we deal with the, the, the history of the oppression of black people, which has gone on for about 400 years or so, it's not flippant. We actually try and put ourselves in the shoes of, of black people and 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 and, um, and understand the impact of our ancestors' actions. All right, that's the one thing. The second thing is I would like white people to um, want to be part of South Africa and not a South Africa that they create in their own terms, which I've created for them. You know? So uh, every single thing that we see in South Africa... Uh, is Eurocentric and and it's unashamedly Eurocentric, and we keep it that way. And then we'll say, "Nah, well, it's it's uh, that's just how it is. That's just how it is." Mm. <clears throat> there is no appreciation generally for what could be called a black life, um, and there's no, I think, engagement on what could be called a black life. So that's one the one thing. The other thing is I really want why stop acting like sportsmen. Don't come here and tell me, no man, um these new laws are reverse racism. You know, <clears throat> in in about nineteen fourteen there was a, a, a law called the Calabar Law. It was a law that whites would have managerial positions. Okay? It was in place for 80 years before it was abolished. For 80 years. It is affirmative action of white people that was in place for 80 years as legislation. How are white people going to then come and turn around and say, ah, we've had 20 years, now it's reverse racism. Mm -hmm. When the stats themselves show that the majority of... uh, that that, um, representation in the workplace is still skewed along the line that the color bar created. Mm. So, so it, 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 it's all of these things that I want white. I, I want uh, the white community to have a greater sense, a greater EQ, emotional uh, 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 intelligence, and to begin to deal with these things, not act like a sports brat and run away with some of the issues, and then when you're confronted, then you cry. I remember once... Uh, uh, I saw this with um, a girlfriend's daughter many, many years ago. That when she did something wrong and you chastise her, then she begins to cry, and then you then have to comfort her. <laughs> and and apologize. Like, no, you have to apologize for, <laughs> for no, reprimanding. Lots of relationship issues here. Eh? I'm worried, Shaka. I'll be honest. Eh? No, I think I, I, I use examples around this because everyone gets it. Mm. Yeah, Everyone's seen this thing where a child is wrong, you shout at them, and they wail, and then next thing the, pa- the parent is the one on their knees, oh, I'm so sorry, and then they're comforting the thing, the, the child. Because the child is immature. The child can't deal with being told that your actions are wrong. And then accepting that being told that these actions are wrong is not a devaluation of you as a person. So it's white people are basically little children, is that what we're saying? I think that there's a high level of emotional immaturity 
amongst the white community. Let me ask which you... Doesn't, it does not able to separate and say, my sense of self-worth has got nothing to do with the fact that I have inherited privilege and that in the inheritance of that privilege, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of anger and that shit needs to be dealt with. Let me ask you this, Shaga, as just a, a, an interesting thought that popped into my mind. Are there any white people that you know right now that are doing this? And what are they doing that makes you feel like oh, they're, they're owning their history? Um, and, and there are many white people I know that, that are uh, doing this thing to different degrees. And that's, and Who's your best example? Me, no, I, look, I'm not going to... Um, I mean, it's not necessarily fair, but I'm saying there are many white people I know, and they give me... Uh, they reinforce the notion that I have that that this is possible across the white community. So there are many. And just as I can say that I can wake up in the morning and say, look, I want to be a champion for gender equality. And then tomorrow I slip up and I make a, a, a sexist comment. Then I must now own the fact that, you know, I've slipped up, but then let me try and do more in trying to be uh, about gender activism. That's really, I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. So I have white friends who today will be freaking excellent at doing the thing that I'm talking about. And then, you know, maybe next week they're not so awesome at it. But the point is that they try. The point is that they're living this thing where they're saying, I'm trying to, uh, uh, I'm trying to be a South African which is not a white South African. I'm trying to be a South African because the country that we're in now is obviously born out of an idea of unracialism and all of, you know, a sense of community and all that. All those nice things. I want us to get there. I'm going to contribute. This is how I'm going to contribute. I'm going to go and figure out... Uh, I'm going to go take uh, an African language class because I know that speaking to my black brother in a language of his home is fucking amazing. Mm. It connects me more. Mm. I'm mm. going to figure out, like, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, what, what, what you call it, speak out against uh, stupid racist comments that my friends or my family make, mm. you know? And it doesn't have to be a drama. Just like, hey, well, guys, come on. We don't, you know, we don't say this. Yeah. You know? I'm going to, whatever, whatever different new things that a white person can do to, uh, you know, to answer this question that you're talking about, yeah, I think it's just about consistently trying to be better and actually always owning this history and saying, I have to make up for it in some way. You know, sure, it's not fair. It's not fair for anyone. But fuck it. This is what I'm going to do. Shaka, um, so how far do you think we are from this? Do you think that the majority, I mean, just, just based on your own experiences, do you think the majority of white people are getting this? Or do you think nah. we're, still, we're still far off? I, I think what's happened is there's a number of things. One, because it's generally not a lot of uh, interracial interaction, uh, particularly at a deep level where we actually are telling each other the truth, uh, what has happened is that we've kind of let the situation or the status quo perpetuate itself. And in time now, you then see members of the white community saying, actually, uh, it's been long enough. Certain things should have been addressed. That they haven't been addressed is not my fault. It's not my problem. I want to move on. And actually, I'm interested in the well-being of my kids and my community who happen to be white. 
so now I'm going to go out and say, look, uh, quotas at school or quotas in sports or quotas in the workplace is discriminating. It's discriminating. It's taking my kids' chances away. That white person still sees themselves as white, not as a South African. That white person doesn't understand the context that South Africa can only move forward when there is give and take. Right? So you see that the majority, and then on the other side, the black majority, because they've been used to being silent for hundreds of years, are generally not able to confront this thing. That's why black people tend to rally around one or two or three black people who are going to speak out on these issues. Because generally black people have been beaten into submission. So the white guys are here on the one side saying, actually, nothing is wrong. Everything should be fine. And if it's not fine, then it's the problem of your government. And the black guys are here saying, ah, but you guys should change. But we can't say to you directly because, you know, maybe you're our bosses or whatever, or, you know, uh, you actually, I feel it's still inferior to you. So I see a lot of it. The, the, that the, everyone is in their own corner. And the more we remain in our own corners, the longer it'll take us I, to get to a point. I absolutely yeah. agree with you. I really, really agree with you on that point, Shaka. I think there's no middle in South Africa. I think everyone is trying to hide and uh, look after their own own little bits. Very quickly, because um, we're running out of time here, unfortunately. That's you, cool, man. And I want to speak to, to, to both Rory and Shaka. Do you guys think that there's some misconceptions about this kind of white and what white has and what white is privileged and what white wealth is in South Africa. There are no Africa. misconceptions. There are no misconceptions. Now, I'll, tell you know you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. We've got a WeChat uh, qu- like, uh, comment here from Kaya who said, white people should burn their European passports if they're truly South African, right? And a lot of white people do have uh, some kind of dual citizenship, dual passports. But someone like me, I don't have a, I'm on a greenback, you know, I'm fighting as hard as it is to get, to get, uh, um, visas to the rest of the world, like everyone else, you know. But so, uh, Andrew, here's here's a, a, a thing about privilege. To have privilege need not necessarily mean that you have certain physical things, right? Privilege is, um, it's like I I am privileged, right? Because um, I on a personal, on a personal name-to-name basis, no um, uh, powerful people in South Africa. That's a form of privilege. Now, if I don't leverage that and I and I am poor, it doesn't doesn't uh, remove my privilege. You know, I still have the privilege. So, if I have the privilege of a good education, and I never ever work in that profession, it doesn't mean I don't have the privilege of mm-hmm. a great education. Yeah. And being a privileged man and never ever dating a woman doesn't mean that I'm not privileged as a man in relation to gender, uh, uh, to politics. Yeah. So as a privileged white person, if I'm a privileged, as I'm a white person in South Africa, I'm born privileged. I'm born privileged, intergenerationally privileged, like compounding interest. Mm. Right. The fact that I, as an individual, may not have as much money as the other white guy, or even that black guy over there, doesn't negate the privilege that I'm born with. Yes. And part of the privilege of of being white is actually this thing. You know, when they say white is right, if I'm born white, 
I don't have to second guess myself in different situations. And I don't have to move my cultural bearing and my identity. I can stay being Andrew all the fucking time. Mm. I don't have to shift. Speak that I don't language. have to have different faces. Mm. Mm. Right? But you and see, I that can, so, is so, a privilege that a white person never understands about black people. So I, you don't fucking know what Rory's doing. Like, Rory here is talking English with you in the studio. Yeah. He goes home and he's like, fuck <laughs> Exactly. Right, I've told okay, you that on, before. On, I've told on, you. I told on, you on. I get tired of speaking hold English. Hold on here. This is good. This is good. But, uh, you know, the thing about it for me, Shaga, and I agree with what you're saying. I think we are born into white privilege and you're making me feel guilty because I feel like I haven't done enough with my white privilege. Uh, but, but that's a separate uh, discussion. The thing about it is, I think... No, actually, that's a, you know what, Andrew, me and you, I'm a privileged black guy. You're a privileged guy just by being white. Okay? And then you, you add on to the privilege because you have a good education and you add on because now you have a public platform. So your levels of, 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 of privilege are increasing. Now, the thing about this is I also understand that as I have privilege, I must leverage, I must use this privilege to better the conditions of others who are not privileged in particular. Mm. All right? So when you say you're feeling guilty, then the only thing you can do with that guilt is fucking do something. And if you feel like you haven't done enough, the only thing you can do is do more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do I'm, more but I, to I, undo the, inju- the, 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 the inequality. You know, the one thing I just want to say quickly, Rory wants me to shut up. But the one thing I want to say quickly is that I think what we don't get um, as South Africans, because we're not having enough conversations, which I think is important um, for understanding. But I think the thing that we're not getting is that me as a white person, especially, you know, these born free white people, they're also battling with their identity. Yes, it's in a different way. You know, Rory speaks perfect English to me and I can't speak uh, Sutu or Tswana to, to, to any of his friends and himself. But, but I battle to be South African in this stage because I know about this privilege so much because it's thrown down my throat. So there is that other side of the, the coin, which is to say white South Africans are also battling with this thing. I'm not saying that they're not privileged. They are 100% privileged, but they're also battling with this kind of dual identity thing which is a really fascinating fascinating discussion but that's but that's, but that's the next show that's a show about yeah, what yeah. i need we to ask Shaka, 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 th- 30 seconds um once they have addressed the things you've mentioned uh, as white people are we are we even do we then get to move on nobody guys you know it's not even about trying to be even you're mm-hmm. trying to build a society an equal society where people have uh, equal opportunity where people live together in harmony and peace. And the issue of race is one. It's like uh, whether I'm dark-skinned or light-skinned in my family. Maybe we see it, we can laugh about it, but it doesn't mean, you know, that I'm darker than someone, my sister, who's a very light bone, and then my, I'm, I'm better than my, my brother, who's very dark, right? Mm. So in my family, we all loved equally. We all loved. We all have our own different quirks and whatever. We have our issues, our politics. But the fact that I am a particular complexion is not going to impact on on um, my value in that society. So to build a society like that, there has to be give and take. Unfortunately, for 450 years, black people have been giving. It's time for white people to start giving. Agreed. Now, this Sh- thing about, about... Hang on, let me, let me finish. Okay, 20 seconds, Shaga. Okay. Um, Andrew, it's exactly what I was saying about the baby analogy. Sure, it's painful. It's not going to be easy. But you can't then slow down the pain of how you deal with something, right? And then equate that with the pain of black people and how they had to deal with this and also go through the same identity dislocation, but for 
uh, you know, intergenerationally. So, you know, I mean, I hear you, I feel you. This entire thing is painful. It's not going to be easy. But then, like, let's not cry about it. Let me see you do the work. And then I can say, yeah, you know, maybe you, you're, you're, you're doing okay. All right, nice. Shaga Sizulu, thank you so much for being our guest. You can follow him at Shaga Sizulu. That's S-H-A-K-A-S-I-S-U-L-U. Thank you, Shaga, and uh, we look Thanks, forward to having more. Cheers. Ciao, my brother. Rory, very quickly, we've got to wrap up. I know, I'm sorry. I haven't given us any time to debrief on this. It's deep. It's deep. I think I think this is a series. It's a series, and we're, we're moving on to part two. Mm. Part two, hey. Where do we go from here, Rory? Hey, man, you know, I think the most important thing that was said is we're not sharing spaces, we're not having conversations, and as a result, we remain ignorant and we make ignorant statements, and then we do not change because we have to change the mindset and then start to change behavior. So the key thing here is we need to just get together, man, ebony and ivory. <laughs> Part two coming soon, I'll tell you that for sure. Hey, you've been with Rory and Andrew this entire hour. Thank you so much. If you've missed some of the show, check out the podcast www.cliffcentral.com. Ayoba. Hey, have a good day. Part two coming soon. Change Keep the listening. Ciao, ciao. This is cliffcentral.com.